right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a low right now. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got all sorts of audio to get to you today from some KU football audio. Uh, we got plenty of KU football talk here. We've got some fun segments. The championship for the first segment of Florida Man Mad Libs coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Plenty coming at you today. They're huge news. Okay. Huge news. Literally the biggest news of all time. Of all time. Huge, huge news. Andy Reid has been named the fourth most handsome head coach in the NFL. By who? According to Beauty Technology Analysis. Beauty Technology Analysis. Profile pics of each head coach were scanned through the Golden Ratio Face app, and the player facial data has been collated and then ranked per the blow, and the science has thrown a uh, cat among the pigeons, ranking Andy Reid as the fourth most handsome fourth most handsome NFL coach. Okay, good for Andy. Yeah, You think Huge. that'll be the difference? Huge if, news. If they like win a uh, Super Bowl, he'll... Point back to this moment in time. He's like, when did when did it feel like the team was really clicking for you? And I don't know. It wasn't really about the team for I mean, me. I just gained extra confidence. I just became handsome. Yeah. yeah. What's the Who's by that logic? One, by you've always way, been you know? handsome. Uh, I'd have to research that. Hang on. Yeah, but it, it feels nice to be awarded for something, right? Like Andy Reid's always been a good coach, but when he won the Super Bowl, it was like vindication, you know. So this is like his Super Bowl of being a person. <laughs> what a weird. Fourth what most a weird handsome. Thing. Who do you find the most handsome? Out of the head coaches? Yeah. I think the immediate reaction is to go to one of the younger head coaches, right? Yeah, I mean go to like a Kyle Shanahan. Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. I bet you it's one of those. I'm gonna laugh if it's like somebody totally random. Anyway, uh NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers of DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just five dollars on any NFL team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do. You can bet on Andy Reid and uh his handsome coaches. Maybe you should just do if you're struggling to, to make bets this week, just go with whichever coach was ranked to be more handsome, handsome than the other coach. There you go. I mean it's it's better than, you know. Me lobbing out picks and just missing all of them. Uh, you can also get Kansas right now plus three and a half at Texas Tech. Would you like to take a guess what the Kansas team total for points is? Last week I was way off. Mm-hmm. Um, thirty-four, 30.5. So a little closer what? this time. It's lower than it was against Oklahoma State? Yes. Explain that to me. Mm, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Texas Tech may be better defensively than Oklahoma State. It's, I don't know. That's true. Oklahoma State's bad. Yeah. Also, hope you got your Jalen Wilson in at 18-1 to 1 on DraftKings to win Wooden Player of the Year. He's now at 15-1. to 1. It's not as good a number. Mm. I'm yeah. waiting for Grady Dick to pop up there. Yeah. That's that's true, actually. Like, if it pops up at, like, 80-1, to 1, I'm, you know, throw a couple schmeckles on you, it. You're going to get in there? Yeah. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KLWN. Place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KLWN. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Physically present in Kansas. Bonus issued is free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. All right, I want to uh, go into some more KU football here. We'll do okay. some more KU basketball talk tomorrow. Before that, did you, do you want to hear some of the other stats on the handsome head Oh, yeah, yeah, if you got them. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury was named the most handsome with a scorching 9.20 beauty rating. <laughs> You're not going to believe who was second. Uh, You're not going to believe it. Nathaniel Hackett. New York Giants coach <laughs> Brian Dable. Oh, okay. Brian Dable second. That's awesome. Uh, good for him. So a possible coach of the year candidate. And uh, let's see. Lovey Smith was also in there. Lovey Smith also in the top five. Wow. Okay. I guess the beard does things. On average, NFL coaches in their 40s are deemed more handsome, by the way. So, if you are a younger coach, so just what we suspected, if you're a younger coach, then you are more handsome. Okay. All right, so uh, obviously we saw Jason Bean take KU to their sixth win of the season, get to bowl eligibility for Kansas, and the question was before the game, like you saw some national reporters bring up the idea that, oh, well, Jalen Daniels, He's going to go through warm-ups, and, and we're going to see how he feels. And if he feels good, then he's going to you know, uh, play for the team. But they also don't really know to what degree, and Jason Bean's going to start the game. Uh, he obviously didn't end up playing in the game, but it continues to seem like he is taking positive steps in the right direction here. And it seems like it is like inching closer to him eventually starting, whether that's this week or, or later on in the season. I, you do feel confident saying this, like, I guess you can't say for sure because you never know. Like you could suffer another injury in practice, hypothetically. But now that Kansas is going to be in a bowl game, like Jalen Daniels is going to return this season, right? You, you would think. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you barring like I said, something else weird happening. Um, so that's exciting. But I guess back to our conversation because we, I I have gone super back and forth on this over the course of the season. When it first happened, I have it was been like very steadfast in my resolve on this. Well, for me, it was like when it first happened, the injury. It was okay, even if Jalen Daniels is eighty percent, you just roll with Jason Bean. And then we hit a point after like somewhere between the Oklahoma and the Baylor games where it was, I don't know if Jalen Daniels is like eighty eighty five percent. I think you roll out there with him. But now that you got the Oklahoma State win, Jason Bean looked good, so it's it's that on top of it. But it's the idea that you no longer have the pressure of. Every time you lose, it's, oh, no, we got to get that six win. That is gone. You're making a bowl game regardless of what happens in these next three games in terms of you being bowl eligible, I guess is the way to put it. Do not I, – I, I'm back to the level of do not play him unless he is 100%, even if he's 95%. So you're back on the correct take, which is what I've said <laughs> all along. See, it, what, what I heard all of that, you know, all that went in one ear and it came out the other, and what I heard was – I didn't trust Jason Bean. You know who did trust Jason Bean? Me. Yeah? Always. Always had his back. I just, you know, you saw the Baylor and the Oklahoma games, and you wondered if 
you needed that one difference of Jalen and if that was enough, but but now you don't have to risk it. And even if it's Jalen sitting the final three regular season games and then coming back for the bowl game, although that would be quite a discussion too. Yeah, because what if KU wins like right. two of the next three games? With Jason Mean a quarterback. Do you even go back to Jalen at that point? <laughs> and then you have the other added fact that like this isn't just because it'd be one thing if it was like, hey, Jason Bean's playing well. This is his final season in college. Let's let him finish out his career, and then we'll still have, he have you know, he has two a more years. Of, year, right? He does. He could still technically. Now, it gets a little weird when you're a transfer and, and some stuff like that, but uh, I do believe Jason Bean could come back next season, and obviously Jalen Daniels has multiple years left to play. I would just say this. I would imagine one of two of those guys is going to end up transferring at the end of the year. I don't think it's going to be like a situation where – they're mad that they weren't. They're mad. Whatever. It's going to be like the Jalen Hurts Tua situation. Remember, Jalen Hurts was the starter for a while, loses the job. Tua comes over in the championship, and then the next year, Tua is the quarterback all year long. But then he, I forget if he gets hurt or is just struggling. Yeah. They bring Jalen in the Jalen second half the of the SEC championship. championship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 and they end up. Uh, that team win the title. I don't remember. Probably is Alabama right? <laughs> uh, they went to the playoff at least, and Jalen ends up transferring that next offseason to, to Oklahoma. And everybody is kind of like happy with with the results of what happened there, right? Um, obviously, you never want to lose the QB competition, and we've seen this year directly of how important it is to even have that second guy. But it's a lot like it's one of those things where because of everything he's helped you do, it's a lot easier to be like, thank you for what you did. Like here now, go enjoy individual success somewhere else. So I would imagine that happens, but. That is such a tough decision of what to make for the bowl game if what you said happens. If Jason Mean wins two of these next three games and looks as efficient and, and as good as he did against Oklahoma State. And I still think that sometimes you can get like winning glasses, right? Um, when a team wins a game, it covers up some of the things that weren't there. And I'm not saying like Jason Mean played a bad game. I'm I'm far from saying it. Jason Mean was great. It was you would give probably him, his best game. It probably was. But there were still a few times, like there was, a, I think it was in the first half, he misses like a pass in the flats to Devin Neal, right? There was still that, that fourth down and one that you ended up converting because Jared Casey makes the great one-handed grab. Yeah, that was a horrible pass. That was a bad pass, right? That was if, a horrible pass. If maybe that's a different tight end trying do, to catch it, I, I don't do. know. I do Jared Casey has really good hands. Maybe You don't know what happens. And then if you don't score on that drive, it's what? What was it at halftime? 17-7? It was 31-7 to at halftime. No, it wasn't. Was it that big? Yes, it was. No, I think it was 24-7. I think they got the touch. No. I don't know. Whatever um, the score was, yeah, you wonder if that opens them up into the start of the, the second half. That gives them momentum, regardless of what it was. So, like, there still are a few things there, and it still is not something where as many rushing yards as Jason Bean had, it's not like he was having a Jalen Daniels game where he was just able to take 10, 15 yeah, carries in a game. he scored the long touchdown. Right. Run. He did. I know. I know. I'm not— I'm And not, again, to circle back to your point— if Jalen Daniels is not 100%, he's probably not running yes. that much. Yes. No, 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 no. I, I'm not changing my mind from the 100% thing. I'm just saying, let's say we get to the bowl game. At that point, Jalen Daniels is for sure 100%. We think. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that even as great as Jason Bean was in that game, in my mind, I still think Jalen Daniels is the better guy. So should that even be a conversation? I, I don't know. It's weird. Okay, it was twenty four seven and a half. Okay, I just so, I mean I just got ahead of myself a little bit. It's just it's it's like you said. And what if we even take it further? What if Kansas wins the next three games? With Jason Mean quarterbacking. How do you possibly? But then back to the conversation of you almost like a, just assume generally one of them is going to transfer at the end of the offseason. 
as great as Jason Bean has been, you could have two years with Jalen Daniels. You would only have the one year with Jason Bean. So do I mean, you also, almost owe it to yourself listen, to have to start Jalen Daniels so that you can secure having more years with him? Listen, Jason Bean did not transfer this past offseason when he could have. Mm-hmm. So who's to say that he would again? Or who's to say that he would, I guess, is my point. I mean, if 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 Jalen Daniels starts over him in the bowl game, that's a probably pretty clear indication that as well as I played, this other guy is starting in front of me, right? Yeah, but he, yeah, okay. But again, this offseason or in the fall camp, Jason Bean was playing the best football of his mm-hmm. life, supposedly. And, and he still was, didn't and get the job. Didn't get the job. Yeah. And he didn't transfer. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's such a weird situation to have. And and obviously we saw last year the precedent that, you know, Jason Bean played pretty well. He had some really good games and then he had some down games a season ago. And then he gets injured. Jalen Daniels comes in, plays well, and he took the job and ran with it. Do you think the coaching staff is having those conversations internally of saying, maybe we just leave Jason Bean as the starter? I I doubt it right now. In fact, I, I would go as far as to say, no, they probably aren't. Yeah, and I, I still do think that Jalen is the better option there, and Jason Bean is as good of a backup quarterback as any team has in the country. And that's been the biggest reason why Kansas just got to their sixth win because you suffered a bad quarterback injury and you were still able to sustain really solid play there. And Jason Mean is still maybe even a top-half quarterback in the Big 12. So he's still a really good quarterback. But, like, let's not forget, Jalen Daniels was a Heisman candidate. Like, he was, like, a top three, top five Heisman candidate in the early portion of the season. So I think this is all basically adding up to this. You don't play him until he's 100% because you're comfortable enough with Bean. You don't have to worry about the risk of do we not make a bowl game, so you don't have to push forward for that. But then when he's ready, you go with Jalen Daniels. And I know that's a sticky and uncomfortable situation for I'm sure the coaches and for Jason Bean and for everyone, especially headed into the, the bowl game, especially if you get another win or two under your belt with Jason Bean. But I think that's just the way it's got to go. Which is the way that I have told you mm-hmm. multiple weeks in a row what was going to happen. Yeah, but then again, you just like roll I said, with Jason Bean. And no, I mean, you just, wait until Jalen's 100%. Just so it, you can make sure he gets his 100% effectiveness in the game because part of his what made him so successful, what made him a Heisman candidate was running the ball. And if, he's, if you're going to start him when he can't do that, then don't do it. Well, you know, it'd be really funny. So Jason Bean starts this week against Texas Tech, has a lot of success even wins the game, whatever it is. And then Jalen Daniels ends up being healthy and back just in time for the Texas game. So it'd be the mirror image last year. His first start of the season was the Texas game. And then his first start coming back this year would be the Texas game. And if he beat him again, and he's just like the Texas killer, that'd be awesome. It's Well, it's just Kansas as a whole is the Texas killer. Okay, but back to this, back to this bowl conversation, though. Because it what, is what kind of an exhibition game to a certain standpoint, the bowl if game? you are, yeah, yeah. I, no, I mean, it's not well, an exhibition. I mean, it is and it isn't. Like, from Kansas standards, you haven't been in a bowl game forever. You're going to do everything you can to win the game. And, like, but we know that a lot of players, like, end up sitting out of bowl games. And I don't know in Kansas. Not the Alamo would, Bowl. Right. Or the Cheetah Bowl. I don't know, bowl. man. Have you seen a lot of the. Uh, it happens all over the country. Now, with Kansas, it could be different, right? Because there's not a lot of guys on Kansas who you're sitting there going, oh, he's going to be a first, second round, third pick. Nobody right? from Kansas is going to be. 
even considering this. That's the thing. I, I I know. I'm not saying from Kansas' perspective. I'm just saying, like, in general, a lot of these bowl games have kind of become exhibitions. I do agree with what you're saying. For Kansas, it means more, right? It's your first bowl game in forever, and you don't have those guys that are, that are doing that. So they would take it seriously. But from a standpoint of the biggest part of the bowl game for Kansas is they would get the extra practices. They would get maybe some extra reps for some players who might not normally play. It does make me wonder, to your point about if you didn't want the quarterbacks to transfer, I wonder if in a bowl game they would literally like give both quarterbacks a shot. Like rotate series or give two to one guy, two to the next, or give one guy a quarter, the next guy next quarter, or a half to each. Because think about it. If you're trying to convince both guys to stay and you start one guy and he plays the entire bowl game and that's the last game of the season and then you have all the offseason in front of you, it increases the chance that one the other guy who doesn't play is like, okay, well, clearly he's the guy. I thank you for everything you've done, and, and the coach is like, thank you for everything you've done, but I'm gone. If you play both in the bowl game, it increases the chance both are back. I, I, don't, and I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I don't but think that increases the chance. I think it does, because I think no. in both of their eyes, they would view it as this is a real competition. I could win the job, or he could I'm win sure the job. they know it's a real competition. Not Already. if one guy plays the entire bowl. Not if Jalen Daniels, Jaylen after Daniels Jason Mead played plays the entire well. game, every game until he got hurt. Does that mean the competition was over? Yeah, it was. No, I don't think so. You no. think that if Jalen Daniels did not get injured, that Jason Bean could have become the starting quarterback this if, year? If Jalen was playing poorly, yes. But you're talking about playing poorly for a very extended period of time, which you could make that case for anyone. If Aaron Rodgers... Uh, continues to have success, he's going to get benched for Jordan Love. So, like, from that standpoint, yes, but the competition was won by Jalen. And if he, if Jason Bean plays all these games and has success and helps Kansas to a bowl game and then he still doesn't get to play in the bowl game, that's a pretty clear indication that you are not close to winning this job. I don't think the staff views the competition at any position as being won after, like, the first game of the season. From a technicality standpoint, yes. But Jalen was never in threat this season of losing the job. Like, no, over the obvi- course no, of the season, once it had he started. Was, he was a Heisman candidate. Like, yeah. Obviously. But, like, even last year, Jason Bean had a lot of down games. Jalen may not have been as integrated into the offense or may not have been as good as he is now. But, but that's what I'm saying. Jason Bean even had his ups and downs last year. He had a lot of downs, and he still never lost the job. So I, I, I don't. This staff sticks with one guy. They do. Yes, but I don't. I don't read really anything into anything that they did last year because last year was like it was on the fly. Like we've heard so much from the coaches about how they were just trying to they were just trying to implement what they were trying to do up until like the tenth game of the season. Mm-hmm. So the- I mean, if you go back to his Buffalo tenure, it's the same way. Stuck with one guy. So I, I I'm just saying I'm, I'm not saying that's how they would actually op- operate it, but if you are operating <clears throat> on the standpoint of we need to make it appear like it is a competition, or if you Eric, think the most it is important a part of the bowl game is winning the bowl game. I get what you're saying, but a lot of the rest teams of it don't I don't care much that way. No, I don't care about the rest of it. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We're gonna take a timeout. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 13:20 KLWN. Depend on it. <laughs> Welcome back in 4 o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. And coming up 
We're going to have our Big 12 breakdown here in the 4 o'clock hour. Got another edition of Hey, What's Going On over there. Uh, some weird stuff going on. Oh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, this will be a good one. Uh, 5 o'clock hour, we're going to have some Devin Neal audio for you, and then our championship matchup for the segment with Florida Man Mad Libs. So we just heard from Andy Kotelnicki, and now we're going to get into a KU offensive notebook here. I, I kind of want to start with the running backs. Devin Neal looked so fresh. I I, I asked Andy Kotelnicki in there about if that was something that was intentional for them to do that over the course of the season and keep him fresh now for kind of the home stretch. It wasn't. He said he just kind of lined up that way. He got into a rhythm, and you know he was getting all these big gains. Like, why would we not keep going to him if it's not broken? Don't fix it. Um, but the fact that KU was able to keep some of his carries down over the first parts of the season and didn't have more than 15 carries in a game until the 32 he had on Saturday against Oklahoma State. And the fact that you were coming off the bye week, the fact that you had other running backs you could give carries to, I think you saw the results of that on Saturday, that if you do have a game that you need to unleash Devin Neal, like you're not going to do it every game because then that tires you out over the course of the year. But if you do have a game that you need to do it, he's more than capable. I think Andy Kolnicki listened to the show on Friday and heard me suggest that Devin Neal was going to have a breakout game and said, yes, let's feed him. <laughs> That's what I think. Man, but, was... no, I mean, it was, it, was, it, was, it was great to see. It was great to see. And I, I think early in the season, there were a lot, some fans clamoring for that type of a game, right, like earlier in the year when, as you kind of just alluded to, KU didn't really need it. Like at the time, they had they even had Daniel Hyshaw for the first four games, uh, and Kai Thomas was kind of banged up a little bit, but Savian Morrison was getting carries. Like they didn't they didn't need Devin Neal to do that, right? And so, kind of what you were saying, it's like, well, if you don't need a guy to carry the ball thirty three times, thirty two times, then why would you force feed it to him like that every single game? Because you're just gonna wear him out. You're just gonna grind him down, right? Like it's so. I think that's what made this game even more special was this was a game where, okay, you kind of did need him, right? Like, it's not, not like Jason Bean was being inefficient or didn't wasn't great in the passing game, but, like, it was working. So, like Andy Cole, like you said, just keep giving it to him, right? I think that I'm not expecting, like, a game like that um, this week or anything. No. But... I don't think it would shock you if he did have one more of those over the last three games. What about the bowl game? No, you just because... feed him in the bowl game? I guess, hypothetically, you could say, well, they're going to have a few weeks off before the bowl. He'd be super fresh, and it's not like you have another game after that. Just feed him. I kind of go back to the idea I think they would have a bunch of guys. I, I think that's an opportunity to play some guys and, and get a bunch of guys reps at the end of the season. It's an opportunity to win a game. I know. Um, I do think that you compare and contrast this year to last year for Devin Neal when you know he didn't start the season right off the bat as the guy but quickly took over and we got to the second to last game of the season he gets injured against TCU doesn't play against West Virginia and certainly now you look at this year he has like i think 30 or 40 less touches than he did a season ago to the, the not to this point but just 
last year overall to this year overall. And now you can just kind of unleash him at the end of the season and not have to worry about the fatigue factor. It's almost like a... Like we see this all the time in, in the MLB with teams resting pitchers and with being like, hey, this year this guy pitched 120 innings, and then the next year it's like, well, we have him on an innings limit. He's going to go past that, but we're not going to let him pitch 200 innings from the year before 120. We'll let him go like 150, 160. And it's kind of like that with with like a, a running back. You don't want to just wear him down and have him have 180 touches one year, and then the next he has 300. Like, you want to gradually work up to that, and that's kind of what they're going to be able to do here. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, early in the season, you had, like, a guy like Daniel Hyshaw who, I mean, you could make the case that in certain regards, Daniel Hyshaw was a better running back than Devin Neal. Now, I don't mean just, like, overall or in every regard, but, like, Daniel Hyshaw may be a better power running back than Devin Neal. And so you had different situations to use both of them in that allowed you to keep the carries down on on both those guys, that you could really keep both of them fresh over the course of this season. But that's what was also, I think, encouraging about the game because Devin Neal was just unbelievable, over 200 rushing yards, over 100 receiving yards. And a lot of the receiving yards were not... I mean, they were just, hey, throw him the ball a yard past the line of scrimmage or give him this little shovel pass and, and go do work. Get good blocking and go get into the open field. Um, but I think that beyond him being amazing in that game, it's, it's I think, good to bring up what Kai Thomas did. I mean, we heard Andy Kotelnicki in that audio talking about Kai Thomas that he thought he played really well. And he had 10 carries in the game, which I believe is the season high this year for, for Kai Thomas. Which, by the way, that continues... Only 34 yards, though. I know. That continues to be a, a common theme. The Kai Thomas just... I swear. I don't know what's going on, but it feels like whenever there's a blown-up play that loses yards for KU, that's not even necessarily the running back's fault. It happens to be when Kai Thomas is the runner. Now, maybe when it keeps happening and he is the common denominator running back, you go, well, maybe there is more there. But I feel like he just happens to be on the field when a lot of the the run plays maybe aren't executed as well, and he's just kind of because again, if he had ten carries for thirty four yards and his coach is like talking him up, sounds to me like he had a pretty <laughs> good game. Um, yeah, and I I mean the run that he had at the end there when KU is just trying to ice the game away and run the clock out, and it was the run where he gets stuck into like a pile, and it's not just him; it's the offensive line, like the the amount of push that they showed and. Um, just strength and I don't know, like a bunch of words that you would want to use for like camaraderie and teamwork and fighting okay. hard and stuff yep. like that, yep. where yep. it's like a six or eight yard gain <laughs> and they all get in the huddle and they are all Kai Thomas included pushing and pounding. And it ends up being like a 15 or 16 yard gain at the end of that game. That was everything that Kansas would want to see. That was everything you would want to see as a coaching staff about a, a running back. Right. So, yeah. I imagine that Kai Thomas is going to continue to have a bigger and bigger role for this team. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I don't have any, I don't have any issue with that. I mean, again, it's kind of maybe he can fill what Daniel Hyshaw was doing before, where he's. I still don't think it'll ever be like a fifty-fifty split no, no, between no, no. Devin and Kai. I don't think it should be. Mm -hmm. I don't think it should be. But like, if there's thirty running back carries against Texas Tech, I would. I, I would almost assume like 18 to 22 of them would be Devin and then yeah. 8 to 12 would be Kai Yeah, on Saturday, yeah, that's, hypothetically. That's a, that's a good number for me, too. So, I mean, you got to feel really good where the running backs are, and I think that um, maybe the few games against Baylor and Oklahoma, you definitely... 
You were kind of forced away from it. Yes, you were. And he, you, you noticed the difference of not having Daniel Highshaw on some third and shorts or on some plays against Baylor specifically. Well, I, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to say that. I mean, I guess in the short route of situations, but it's hard yeah. to say that because it's like, I think when you look at the Baylor and Oklahoma games, it's the, like, how much of that was no Jalen Daniels? Yeah, I think that's fair, but I the Baylor game to me is the one. Like I, I think, yeah, looking back at the Oklahoma one, no, no, you're right. Um, the Baylor game, you had, I think, 53, 50-something rushing yards, and that was a situation where they just plugged up holes. And, and how are you going to be able to run against that? You're just going to need a running back to be a battering ram and pick up like three, four yards and try to open things up, right? Yeah. And that's where you miss Daniel Highshaw. You didn't miss him at all in the Oklahoma State game. Not to say that, like, you don't want him on the team. I don't mean it like that. But, you know, he ran for over 300 yards. You did everything you could have wanted on the ground. Yeah, for sure. And that's and, not just the running backs. Uh, here's note number two here. The offensive line was fantastic. Yeah, the offensive line continues to be maybe the best unit on the team with what they do. I mean, it's it's incredible. And I, I don't feel like they get talked about enough, honestly. But they're just, they're just so good. Mm-hmm. They're just so consistent. It, it's remarkable. Uh, again, like lots of plays where Jason Bean had all kinds of time to to pass the ball. They opened up huge holes in the running game. Anytime you run for over 200 yards, let alone over 300 like KU did. Was this Jason Bean's best game? That's a good question. Hmm. It was asked to Co- Andy Kolnicki by somebody uh, during yesterday's audio, and Andy, he kind of like, he kind of went, oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look back to the other games, but I mean – I think, to me, it seemed like his best game. 18 of 23, very efficient. Didn't really take any sacks. Used his legs very well. Obviously mm-hmm. scored a long touchdown run. I think it was his best game. I think of this season, I mean, you could you could make the argument, the TCU game, because you add in the non-statistical factor. It wasn't of, a whole game, though. Yeah, I just mean, like, you're not expecting to play, and then you get thrust in there. But, yeah, if you're, if but you're even saying, still, like, what, I mean, what's the thing? What is the one... Thing we've talked about so much with Jason Bean is he hasn't been able to kind of put together a high level of playing for a whole game. Yeah, right? yeah. For this year, it's it's definitely. I'm trying to think if there were any last year that you would throw in there. Like I remember the Coastal Carolina being really good, but you probably still take that game. So yeah, I think you're right. I think that's that's the best game that Jason Bean has played. Yeah, he he was he was very good, and he's very fast. <laughs> I know we already knew that, but I wrote that down yeah, as a note. It Bean turns fast. Out- it turns out that uh, Jason Bean is very fast. Yeah, I jotted that down after the touchdown. Bean fast. Um, when are you going to eat your beans, by the way? I'm not going to. Did you you the can't guy on retract on this. Did you see yeah, the guy Hawk on Twitter Man. that said that, uh, that I could give him my beans? Yes. Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give him my Okay, beans. well then you need to get the beans and give them to him. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to buy the beans. Well, I was, but now you're not going to eat them. No, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do the beans first of all, thing. Don't I worry. I never... I never said I would for sure do it. No, I will be ordering the beans at some point, but my plan is I want to do it in the midst of like maybe around bowl week or something for KU or during that off time when we're going to be, which by the way, I was thinking about that yesterday and I got so excited that, you know, normally to begin with, we transition into a bunch more like KU football or KU basketball talk at this time of year when basketball gets going and football at this point is usually maybe, I don't know, two and six or, or whatever it would be. Um, but this year, obviously, they've been so good that we've you know kept with it and everything. And there's so much fun and, and hype around the program and the, and the listeners, which is our main target here, wants to listen to it. And this year, 
it's not just that we get to keep going as the course of the season is like our main focus, but literally from the month of like December, those first like three weeks, KU football is not even going to have a game. And yet we're going to be talking KU football bunch because it's going to be before the bowl game. And I'm so excited for that. I'm so, I, I don't know why. Anyway, uh, next note, Luke Graham helps a ton for this offense, right? You saw uh, statistically he had a good game, six catches in the game, came up with some big grabs for you on the outside. But he just, he is kind of the guy that unlocks for you, like having that that trustworthy target. Like Lawrence Arnold's. Is he your glue guy? Yes, yes. Lawrence Arnold's and Quentin Skinner can be great deep threats. And they're big body guys who can catch contested passes. Lawrence Arnold had a great touchdown catch. He did, he yeah. did. Yeah. And can be intermediate pass guys. But mostly the short passes and still a guy who can catch those intermediate balls and make contested catches, Luke Grimm, he just, like, it completely changes it because you trust Quentin Skinner and Lawrence Arnold and and I think even Trevor Wilson when he's out there, although we didn't see that last game, um, to be out there. But it's a whole nother thing when you have three legit receivers on the field when you're in one of those packages. And that's what Luke Grimm gives you when he's in there. And he just provide something different for you on the inside. Well, that's, and that's not even counting Mason Fairchild or... No, or it's not. Yeah, having Mason. those legit tight ends as well. Like, he's just really good, man. And and I think it's it's not a coincidence that... Like, I know it was mostly about the running game, and it was, but it's not a coincidence that that conversation we just had about, is that Jason Bean's best game? It came with Luke Grimm coming back and looking healthy. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the first drive of that second half, that was everything you could have ever hoped for for a KU offense this season. I think that was what you were hoping for from the Oklahoma game earlier this season. Um, that was everything you could hope for from, which, by the way, KU, I think, did good with their four-minute offense this game. I, I know it was a different situation where you're not just up one score and there's all this pressure on you to perform there, whereas in this game, it was like, oh, if you if you punt at the end of the game, like you just punt, you're still up 21. Um, but I think this is a connection of that, and again, a lot of it stems back to the offensive line playing well and the running backs playing well and being able to run the ball. But that first drive of the second half, you took off eight, nine minutes of the clock. You ran the ball really well. You passed the ball well when you had to. You played a possession drive. Like All of those things are, are things that are basically the perfect drive for KU, and maybe my favorite of it all, KU was really aggressive on fourth down on the drive. They went for two fourth downs. Yeah. They went for the one that was the pass to Jared Casey. They well, went I think for another they one like in the red zone. The kicking game is just not good mm -hmm. for them. Yeah. And early in the season, I, I think we talked about this earlier on that a couple weeks ago, you know, KU was actually in like the bottom two in fourth down attempts yep. this season, which was weird. And yes, if you have a good offense, it's, you avoid fourth downs, but still, like, like we brought up. The team who was first was Baylor, so it's not like Baylor is like bad, and they're still going for a bunch of fourth downs. So I, I appreciated the fourth down aggressiveness from KU. Lance Leipold heard us, and he said, okay. Mm -hmm. And the guy who uh, caught one of those fourth downs, who mentioned Jared Casey, Jared Casey is life. But, Derek, we do have to get our, our weekly disclaimer in about. Oh, I, I was like, did, did Jared Casey do something? What's no, 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 no. Oh, no. wait, I did want to make one other mention okay, of, of sorry, Jared Casey. Okay, before the disclaimer. Okay. Um, so I know I brought up that he had his two lowest snap counts of games against FBS opponents the last two weeks, and I don't know if that was him dealing with some sort of injury or if that was just personnel-based or maybe matchup-based or what it was. 
K runs for over 300 yards. You know who consistently has been one of your best run blockers? Jared Casey. Well, guess what? He was back in the 40s for snap count. Okay, now your disclaimer. Quit fumbling! <laughs> I, we, for the longest time, every week we'd say stop fumbling because KU would fumble the ball and a lot of times they recovered it. They, they had the same thing happen. I think it was Devin Neal. Yeah, Devin fumbled. Neal fumbled it, yeah. But they recovered, yep. so it worked out. Was that on the drive that when it was 10-7 before Jason Bean ripped off the line? Well, I don't even remember when that fumble was. It's completely blank in my mind. But so I'm going to say, I'm, I'm going to stop saying stop fumbling. We got to change up the terminology. Okay. Because it's not getting through. Quit fumbling. <laughs> but outside of that, great game from the offense. And uh, as long as they stop fumbling. Quit fumbling. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That is our KU Offensive Notebook here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to take a timeout. When we come back, we've got our Big 12 breakdown. That on the other side. We got another uh, edition of Hey, What's Going On over there coming up later this hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Let's get into our Big 12 breakdown, though. TCU ranked fourth now in the latest college football playoff rankings. Good and job, TCU. They remain undefeated. They are 9-0 and now on the season. Three games away from an unbeaten regular season. Four away from an unbeaten overall season. I know I asked this to Kevin Flaherty yesterday, and he said he doesn't think so. Okay. So I'll ask you. Okay. Do you think if TCU goes 12-1, and so let's say they lose, I don't know, this week to Texas, and then they win their last two games, and then they beat Texas in the Big 12 title game, do they get in the playoff? No. No with confidence or no, let's wait and see what the other side No with a thousand percent confidence. (laughs) Like, I would bet my life, no. I'm a no... But let's wait and see the other scenarios. So I guess the first thing you have to discuss in that in that scenario, um, I guess two SEC like Georgia and Tennessee would Tennessee at eleven and one would make it over twelve and one TCU, right? Well, you would think, but they're behind them right now. Yeah, but that's before TCU would have a loss. True, right? Yeah, no, you're right. You're so right. That would be two. Whoever wins the the Big Ten East with Michigan or Ohio State, they would make it. I don't think the second place one would. I I don't think it would be the same situation. I don't know. Well, because think about it. Like, if Michigan and Ohio State play Mm -hmm. and it goes to, like, overtime. It's possible. Ohio State barely wins. And then Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Like, Michigan at that point, obviously, would have a very, very strong argument Mm -hmm. to be in. I think the better situation for the Big Ten getting two in is Michigan would have to win that game close. Because it definitely seems like the committee likes Ohio State more than Michigan. I mean, they're ranked well, yes. higher. Well, yes. Um, yeah, Ohio State's number one. But also, one. Ohio State doesn't have like that good. If you're just basing it on resume. No, I know. But if you look at the advanced stats, they have like the number one offense yeah. in like every offensive category you can think of, basically. So let's just say, so you have you have the, uh, Georgia winning the SEC. You have, let's just go with Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Okay. Then you have a chance both of the one-loss Michigan or Tennessee make it. Maybe none, maybe one, maybe yep. both make it. Here's the real question. If only one makes it, the the question in this situation for TCU to get in 12 and 1, it's really about if if we're just going to discount the the two one-loss teams that don't win their conference, or if we're just going to say only one makes it and now it's down to one spot, it's who would make it among 12 and 1 TCU, a possible 12 and 1 Pac-12 champ, and a possible 12 and 1 Clemson. No, oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. 12 yeah. and 1 Clemson. Or I guess 12 and 1 North Carolina, but they're ranked so low right now. Right now, I feel like that's already an indication. Twelve, 12 and one Clemson or twelve and one TCU. I 
think TCU. Now, I know you could Maybe. say, well, just last week when both teams were undefeated, Clemson was higher. And I guess it, it depends, too, how the loss goes, right? If, if TCU loses to Texas this week by 30 points, yeah, Clemson you're done, right? Clemson lost to Notre Dame by 21, and yeah. they got clowned basically the whole game. Well, that's where I'm going with this. Like, I feel like with the TCU uh, loss, as long as they don't lose like how Clemson lost, because Clemson did get blown out. Yes. That'll be the feather in the cap for TCU to be ahead of Clemson. Plus, okay. the one thing, other thing going to TCU's way to be ahead of Clemson, hypothetically, let's say they do lose this week to, to Texas or whoever they lose to over the last three weeks. Let's say it's somebody who, let's say they lose to Baylor. And let's say they replay either Baylor or Texas in the Big 12 title and they get revenge on them. Clemson doesn't have the opportunity to get revenge on a team who they already lost to. So I do think they would be ahead of Clemson in that scenario. Um... Let's well, see. You f- you're forgetting that they're going to lose to the Kansas Jayhawks in the Big 12 <laughs> title game. That's right. That's what you're forgetting. Yeah, imagine that if TCU was 12 and 0 and Kansas beat them to keep them out of the playoff. That'd be awesome. <laughs> wow, that'd be awesome. Um, so then the discussion here would be TCU with a 12 and 1 record as Big 12 champs or a 12 and 1 Pac-12 champion. No. I think they would go with the Pac-12. No, they would not. You don't? No. Why? The Pac-12 sucks. But when you th- okay, when you think about it, the Pac-12 actually doesn't suck that much. The thing is, yeah, they have they Oregon, have they have US- Oregon six, Oregon, USC's USC, eighth, UCLA is twelfth, or uh, Utah is thirteenth, and then the meanwhile good. the second best Big Twelve school ranked wise is eighteenth. So like the Big Twelve is deeper and it has better teams in the middle. But as far as the the high level went, the the up tops, the big resume wins. Like, well, if everybody in the Big Twelve got to play Colorado, then they would be all <laughs> in the top twenty also. I mean, my God. That would help. Um, I think that, which by the way, I don't know why, that that was the one thing in, in the rankings last night that, that caught my eye that was weird. UCLA being ranked 12th and USC being ranked 8th. I'm pretty sure USC doesn't have a top 25 victory. They don't. And UCLA has two. Yeah. And USC's only game against the top 25 team they lost to right. Utah. And then, yeah. yeah, UCLA has two of them, including beating Utah, albeit one was on the road and one was at home. Mm. But, like, yeah, why is UCLA... Ranked way like what is US USC the last two weeks beat Arizona and uh, Cal by a combined fourteen points. Like, yeah, but what? They have, yeah, but they have Lincoln Riley. I know. I don't. I don't understand. That's the one where it, usually when people are Listen, like, I, 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 like a couple years ago, I was like, bring back the beast, yes, haha, like somewhat, somewhat, like ironically, I'm like straight up now. Just oh, I'm there. Bring it back. I'm good with it. Just on board. Yeah. I'm just on board. Whoever wins the screw SEC, the committee. versus whoever wins the Big Ten yeah, this year, screw, like that works out. Screw That's the fine. committee. Like they're just annoying. Mm-hmm. They don't. They they contradict themselves. Well, every honestly, week. I would be more about if they just came up with a BCS type rank. Like, if you want to do a four team playoff too, that's fine. With the BCS rank. With the BCS rank. Exactly. Yeah. Where it's it's you know based on you have the AP poll. Like, I don't know why the coaches poll was ever a part of the formula there because coaches can literally like uh, they can have a hand in who makes it. Use the AP poll. Use the. I don't even know what the BCS formula the BCS. Was. It was coaches poll, Harris poll, and the computers poll. Okay, I didn't know that. Use like a computer's poll. Use one of well, these dude, good predictive listen, measurements. In, in the era of analytics and all this stuff, there's got to be a way you could gotta be. compute enough numbers to calculate no, I what know, you uh, think the best 14. Actually, goes. Bill Connolly, for, who does the ESPN SP+, he started coming out with this year a, a resume rankings too, which values the resume, and then he has the SP+, which is predictive. The resume is one is more like, what have you done? 
and he actually came up with a uh a, a new age BCS rankings the other yeah. day where it combines the resume one, the SV plus, and I think like the AP poll or something like that. And it comes up with the ranking. I, I would love something like that. I yeah. feel like that would just be a lot. Better. I am sick and tired of the committee. They're just annoying. They don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of the committee. By the way, you mentioned Kansas beating TCU in the big 12 title game. They do have a path to get there. And it's really not that crazy. Of a it's path. not. It's, it's win out, which it's going to be tough, but every game moving forward is like, okay, so Kansas is three and a half point underdogs to Texas Tech. Probably means that Kansas, they're giving them a 40 to 45% chance to win the game, so close to a coin flip. The Texas game, I guess it depends. If Texas beats TCU, like maybe Kansas is 10 point underdogs. If they don't, maybe it's like seven point underdogs. So again, wouldn't be like that crazy if they beat them. Kansas State game. Probably the same thing. You're looking at somewhere between like seven and, and ten point underdogs. So again, wouldn't be like that crazy. And then you would need two Baylor losses over the last three games. But here's Baylor's schedule: Kansas State, TCU, and Texas. Oh, one and two easily. Yeah, very easily. Yes. Well, and and what's crazy too is if if we were already at the the twelve team playoff age, this would feel so much more like fun to talk about. I mean, it's still fun to talk about. Can you, it is. Can you it is. Go to the Big Twelve. I know. Game? I know. But like, it would be a whole nother thing if you were saying, "Yeah," and if that happens, Kansas is going to the playoff. You know I what mean, I mean? Think about it. They didn't even go to the Big Twelve title game the year they won the. Orange. I know. Which is too bad, by the way. They don't have the Big Twelve North and South like they did that year. Because, like, if it, even if it was the old bit, let's say like realignment never happened, and the Big Twelve North and South was. Or in the north, you had still what it used to be. Kansas State, Iowa State, Missouri, Nebraska, Colorado, and Kansas State. Yeah. It's crap. just whoever wins the Kansas-Kansas State game exactly. is winning yeah. that division. Crap, 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 and crap, and K-U-K-State. <laughs> <laughs> and then even if you had, even if you had like nowadays, they had divisions with the current teams, and I don't know how you would split it north and south, there would be a pretty clear four teams you would put in the north with Kansas State, Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia. I don't know which other team would draw the short end of the stick. They'd probably just put like Oklahoma State in there and then have protected rivalries to make sure Oklahoma State plays Oklahoma and whatnot. Um, but again... Even if that was the division, K State, Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, it just comes down to the yep. KU K State game. Yep, crap, crap, and a team that <laughs> KU beat by twenty one and yeah. K State and KU. Uh, should I double down on my? I, I know I've said all the way uh, along and before the season. I thought every Big Twelve team would have two or more losses. I'm running out of time on yeah. TCU. Yeah, but I feel like this, I just got to double down. Good Hold firm, it. right? Listen, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Who does TCU finish with? They, I know they have Texas, obviously, this weekend. It's on the they road have, they in have Texas. Texas, Baylor, and whoever they're playing this week. It's Texas. Oh, they're playing Texas this week. Okay. Oh, they have Texas, Iowa State Baylor. at home. So they'll, they'll oh, beat Iowa. Iowa State at home in the finale. Okay, so Texas, Baylor, Iowa State. But at Texas, they're seven-point underdogs. And then at Baylor, they could lose both those games. And even if they just lose one of the two, and then they lose the Big 12 title. So I'm just going to stick with my original take. Okay. I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but that's, that's double your, down. That's Hold your firm, decision. Right? By the way, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I mentioned ESPN SP Plus. TCU is ranked eighth there. T Did you know Texas is ranked sixth? Why? <laughs> I mean, I guess they just, like, okay, uh, things with a lot of the computer metrics and models lose close games and, and win games. like you? Yeah, and they still like you, right? And so Texas had the one-point loss to Alabama. Yeah. I think it was one. Maybe it was two, right? Um, 
They lost, gosh, who were their other losses? They lost to Texas Tech in overtime. Yeah, in overtime. Yeah, so that's by three. And then they lost to Oklahoma State by seven. So, I mean, you're looking at a combined, like, 11 or 12 points between your three losses. And then you've blown out some teams. Hang the banner, way, Texas. Ranked sixth in SP+. Plus. But I guess, should that be indicative that maybe Texas is going to win the Big 12 here? Or maybe SP Plus is frauds. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Are you are you going to give that much credit to Texas? I just I I don't know what to do with that because Texas has over the the whole reason that Texas has not been back so to speak is that they lose these one score games every year like every year yeah, they're bad lost, at them they right? lost three of them and so that obviously you're going to look better than your ranking is but clearly if it's something that keeps happening that is a skill that your team does not possess right. Okay, so, so maybe they, that's not being held against them enough in a in a model like this. Clearly, they don't possess that skill. They've lost three. That's what I'm saying. Maybe they, they, you know that's something that a model doesn't necessarily account for. Okay, even though over the course of time, because this is what a lot of models are based on, that over the course of time, teams in 50-50 games go 50-50. But sometimes teams are just better at them, and teams are worse, even over long sustained periods. Like I remember seeing a stat like a year or two ago that Iowa. Was would win like one possession games like seventy five to eighty percent of the time. Well, uh, it's just because their their style of play. You may recall, but in in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen, the Chiefs were like eleven and one in mm-hmm. one possession games. It's like yeah, like sometimes they were incredibly have, lucky. Yeah, sometimes you have good luck, and then sometimes there's factors that go into it as well. Because like in the NFL is a good example of it. You can do it with every team where it's like, well, they lost this game close and they lost this game close, or man, but they won this game close, and if you turn that the other way, but like. Every game is close in the NFL. In yeah. college, it is a little different, so I don't know. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, make your pick. How many bowl-eligible teams does the Big 12 finish with? There are currently six. Here's the teams that are not. Oklahoma, they're 5-4. and four. Texas Tech, 4-5. and five. Iowa State, 4-5. and five. West Virginia, 3-6. and six. I guess seven. Maybe eight. No, you got to pick Iowa one. Iowa State sucks. Iowa State, I don't think, is making it. And West Virginia is 3-6. and six. Yeah, Iowa State, I want to say, has a brutal I mean, it's finish. Either, it's either seven or eight. It's either you're either getting Oklahoma in there. Okay, but here's the issue you run into there. The issue you run into with Oklahoma and Tech is Tech's last three games are KU, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma's last three games are West Virginia, Tech, and Oklahoma State. Well, the big one for Tech is honestly this week. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So if they if you're lose this Tech, week, yeah. If you're, if you're picking Tech to go bowl eligible, you're saying that they're going to win against Iowa State and then going to win against either KU or, or Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But then Oklahoma's 5-4. and four. So if you think if you think Tech's going to get bowl eligible then, and you think they're going to beat Oklahoma, then Oklahoma then has to win against either Oklahoma State or at West Virginia, which you think they'd be able to win at West Virginia. But West Virginia at home is kind of not a bad team. Yeah. They Especially lose. people have to travel there. I think Oklahoma definitely gets it. Iowa State, that's a tough finish. At Oklahoma State versus Tech and at TCU. LL. So I don't think they get there. The big question is tech for me. I'm leaning they do, but if they lose this week, I don't think they do. Well, they're going to lose. They're playing the Kansas Fighting Jayhawks. Mm. Come on. Okay, I do have one basketball question because that started up for uh, the Big there, 12 here. It's supposed to be a football breakdown. No, it's Big 12 breakdown. Oh. Basketball started football now. breakdown. Big 12 breakdown. What's more concerning, TCU only beating Arkansas, Pine Bluff by one, or Oklahoma losing by one to Sam Houston State? Oklahoma. Oklahoma losing. See, I have the but other. But they're going to be bad, so I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess, okay, but you might say TCU, because TCU is like, what, picked finished fourth or fifth in the conference? So yeah, like, top 25 team. That's probably more concerning. Like, Oklahoma is was probably going to be bad anyways. 
So like, oh no, they lost to Sam Houston. Well, they were going to be bad anyway. So who cares? But I mean, by Big Twelve standards, like this was still an Oklahoma team that's projected to be like top forty in the country, uh, but maybe finish like eighth in the Big Twelve. I do though think that like, so Sam Houston State's actually not like bad. They're ranked one hundred and thirty ninth on Ken Palm. Like that's a team who could win the whack and and make it as like a thirteen or fourteen seed in the NCAA tournament. When you look at TCU. It's in addition to them having the higher standards, top 25 preseason pick, all that stuff. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff is not good. Like, I, I don't know. I guess who knows? With the transfer portal, you never know how much better a team got. Arkansas Pine Bluff is ranked 357th on Ken Palm among 363 teams. Last season, Arkansas Pine Bluff finished 352nd among 358. They won seven games. Yeah, that's pretty bad. So I, I okay, think it's I definitely TCU. I changed my mind. TCU is worse. But I have no idea. Like, what happened in that game that TCU only had to win by one point? Let's see. Yeah, I didn't actually watch the game, so I, I'm not no, sure. I didn't. TCU was 4 of 21 from 3, so that's probably not something that's super repeatable, whereas Arkansas Pine Bluff was 13 of 29. Though TCU is not a very good shooting team. Holy cow, TCU had 38 free throw attempts. Arkansas Pine Bluff had 10. And they still barely won? Yeah, and they still barely won. Nah, not good. Yikes. That's what I have to say to that. Let's see what our guy Mike Miles did. Yikes. He went oh, I, I can 4 of 8. He, he, had, he had 25 points on no. 13 of 100 shooting. Very opposite. He had 15 points on 8 shots. Maybe turn okay. the corner. Oh, okay. Be more okay. efficient. Okay. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That is our Big 12 breakdown here. We are going to take a timeout. When we come back, we have a, hey, what's going on over there? Coming up next. About a quarter till five. We've got Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the five o'clock hour. Also some KU football audio coming at you from Devin Neal. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Uh, Before we get into our, hey, what's going on over there? Jock Vaughn was named the uh, Brooklyn Nets head coach for the rest of the season after Steve Nash was fired. He was at another point the interim head coach for them too. Also was previous head coach with the Orlando Magic. Obviously former KU star point guard in the 90s for Roy Williams and whatnot. Uh, I continue to, whenever somebody asks me the question about um, if KU were to do what we've seen a lot of other schools like Duke and North Carolina do, where they hired someone from the family, so to speak, someone who played at the school. If if you had to go with someone who played at the school, I think he's at the top of the list. Yeah, I have no problem with that. But who knows if he'd even want to take but, I mean, how long is he gonna, How long is he going to last at Brooklyn? Yeah, I don't know. This could be a one-year thing. Yeah. So, anyway, good for him, and uh, you wish him luck, although that is not a fun ship to have to captain at certain points. Okay, hey, what is going on over there? We're going to head back to Northern California in the battle raging on between tennis and pickleball players. So, last week we had— This is awesome. Yeah, we had uh, the the Stanford no fun. Stanford hates fun. Yep. Yeah, the, the tree getting suspended. This week, tennis versus pickleball. If you don't know what pickleball is, it's kind of a growing sport. Um, yeah, you tried to explain it to me because we talked yeah. about like LeBron and Kevin Durant buying pickleball. Yeah, yeah, professional teams. teams. Whatever. And- Basically, it's played on a it, – it's not a full-size tennis court. It's a much smaller court, but um, you have the, the kind of tennis net over the middle, and it's it's almost like a mix of – like it's like with a, a wiffle ball and a – a, a big paddle. It's sort of like ping pong, tennis, and, and 
I don't know, an infusion of a couple different sports. It's really fun. Yeah. A lot of people play it, and it doesn't necessarily require, like, um, a ton of just, like, unbelievable athleticism or, or, like, with tennis, like, you have to be in great shape to run around. Like, you do have to do a certain amount of running in pickleball. Yeah, no, because can, I looked you know. up the professional pickleball teams, and all of the players they had listed were just, like, regular people. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, literally regular. It's a fun sport. be like, this guy is a lawyer by day mm-hmm. and a professional pickleball player by yeah. night. Like, how hard can it be? Yeah. No, it's a fun sport. And that guy's playing pickleball. So, uh, similar, different, but it is a very growing sport. And but apparently here is, tennis people hate that. Yes. Here is the first part of the story from Jeremy Mann in the San Francisco Standard. This should uh, catch your, your eyes or your ears, I guess. Quote, why don't you take that pickleball and shove it up your bleep? That was the message Susie Safdie and her pickleballing friends got from a disgruntled tennis player this summer after one of their wayward balls interrupted his match at the Parkside Square Tennis Courts by Stern Grove. Emotions were running similarly high at a Thursday night meeting, which the San Francisco Recreation and Parks Department convened to discuss the possibility of permanently converting two Stern Grove tennis courts into dedicated pickleball courts, among other options. People not happy with this. The pickleball crowd basically <laughs> wants more permanent courts. So right now, there are, this is according to, which by the way, this really bothers me. Everywhere you go, it's parks and rec, correct? And these guys are wrecking parks. Wrecking parks, like come on. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. Uh, but in San Francisco, it's it's called wrecking parks. The San Francisco wrecking parks? That <laughs> just sounds so wrong. Anyway, there are 59 pickleball courts where that can be played in San Francisco, but only 11 are permanent. By so, contrast... Like, so the other the other 48 are just like kind they're of like, multi-purpose I'm sure it's, courts? Yeah, yeah. It's like at a tennis court, and it's like from these times, we'll have pickleball yeah, or, yeah, or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There are 139 permanent tennis courts. Now, clearly, tennis has been a much more you know, historic sport that has been around yeah. a lot longer. Yeah. But pickleball has gone to come up, right? Oh, yeah. So yeah. the pickleball crowd wants more permanent courts, and the tennis crowd wants less pickleball events, and the pickleballers impeding on their court. I want. I, I feel like this is probably, if you're if you're like a legit tennis player and you play tennis all the time. This is probably annoying. You probably look down on the pickleball yes. people. No, absolutely. You're like, you're like, oh, they like, can't dude, even play real tennis. Yeah, these guys are fake These sport. guys are heathens. Yeah, exactly. Like They're, they're, they're like, barbaric. Yeah. These guys are, they're wrong, like. We're playing the yeah. We're playing, we're playing the real sport. Yeah, you know, or like it, I, I imagine it's the same discussion as like this and like racquetball. Yes, you know I mean where it's like dude, these guys are real. They're hitting a ball off a wall. <laughs> like dude, pff, come on, we're playing tennis. And I and I love the fact that all of this too. We go back to the idea that they convened for a town meeting to discuss the possibility of permanently converting two two Stern Grove tennis courts. So all of this that occurred is because of. A frustration over two tennis courts becoming pickleball courts, which adds to the insanity and the funniness of all this. And, and then you get the, again, we have the quote, why don't you take that pickleball and shove it up your bleep from uh, good old Susie there. So more than 200 people convene. Think about this. I mean, what's the most people you've ever seen at like a town hall meeting in, in Lawrence? Not that you like go or anything, <laughs> but you, you've seen the occasional like a stream will pop up of something going on. It's like there's a couple people in attendance, yeah. right? Yeah. 200 people, and I get it, San Francisco much bigger than Lawrence, but I yeah. cannot imagine 
more than 10 to 20 to 50 people are going to any of these. <laughs> 200 people convened in the auditorium to voice frustrations. It was standing room only. This so is they, a hot topic. Yeah, I know. They had people coming in. This is a hot topic. Just standing, didn't even take a seat. The pickleball crowd brought signs. <laughs> they had signs. They had people dressed up. And they would cheer and boo based on what was happening. So, again, like, this is the ultimate, like, it feels like the country club versus the regular person. Like, it feels like the tennis courts are like the golf country club. Yep. And they're, like, yep. looking down on the person who shows up in T-shirts and shorts. Exactly. And, and, like, regular T-shirts like as opposed to a, polo. If you're not in a polo and yes. golf shorts or pants. Yeah. You, know, you can't even... You can't even touch our grass. Yes, and it's like the pickleball crowd is like Happy Gilmore, and <laughs> the the tennis crowd is like the original golf game in Shooter McGavin or something like that. Um, this is so Angus Wong, uh, a, a tennis that's, player. That's not a real person, by the way. <laughs> a tennis player. Uh, this is this is my favorite part of the story. Tried to reason with the pickleball crowd. Quote. There's no point in cannibalizing tennis courts or any existing sports facility for your pickleball courts. That's, when Wong raised the prospect of installing pickleball courts in underutilized parking lots, he was cut off by the loud booing of pickleball supporters. And he responded, you guys are real respectful. He said sarcastically, throwing his hands up in resignation. <laughs> He's just like, I give up. So the crowd is like impacting how this is going. They just start, boo, <laughs> all that stuff. So this all goes back to Stern Grove Tennis Courts. Again, as we mentioned, they're trying to get two tennis courts that are going their way. It was flooded in August of 2021 in a need of significant repair. And because of the surging popularity of pickleball, the San Francisco pickleball community, which is an official organization that advocates for local pickleball access, saw the imminent repairs as an opportunity to secure new dedicated courts for their sport. They figured, hey, nobody's playing tennis on these courts because they're not working. They started lobbying wreck and parks and seemed to be gaining ground. Okay. Yeah. Until the uh -oh. Tennis Coalition of San Francisco. I love that there's these official oh organizations for like this is not like High school tennis or college tennis or professional tennis. These are just like these organizations. Like recreational. Yeah, that are fun. making sure that everything's okay. <laughs> like imagine, imagine A going to like for the community. I know. Like imagine going to the local park and being like, you know, I just want to go shoot some hoops. And they're like, wait, have you registered, <laughs> sir? Have you gotten your badge with the local Lawrence basketball community? No. So it's a nonprofit with a mission to champion public tennis caught wind of the proposal. The tennis courts of San Francisco didn't just appear out of nowhere. Passionate tennis players and organizations like the TCSF fought for them Stop. to be installed. Don't say TCSF. And they are loath to see them taken away. So again, just to sum this up, the big argument for the tennis people is they want separate facilities to be made, which is sort of understandable. But the pickleballers are saying it's just easier to reconstruct an area that you're not even using... And instead, it's going to take us 30 minutes to an hour to wait to get on a court if we don't do this. Honestly, this sounds like to me the tennis people are being jerks about this. They weren't even using yeah. it. This is yeah, like I mean, when the, the, tennis, the tennis people do seem like the they do not have the moral ground no. here. It's like, They're okay, being... again, this is two courts that you weren't even using. They're under construction. This is like when, um, like if, if my dog is chewing on a bone 
and I grab one of her other toys, she will come up and be like, wait, I want to play with that toy. <laughs> it's like that. It's like the tennis people are like, well, we're not using it. Wait, you want to use it? No, we're using it now. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, let it go. And honestly, we should probably take into account, too, if you're on the side of the tennis people, have you considered that pickleball is changing the world? Here is an actual quote given to uh, one of the Fox stations in San Francisco from Nate Valentine, a self-described addicted pickleball player. Quote, until pickleball, I've never seen as diverse a community racially, socially, age, and economically ever. Pickleball. There you go. Pickleball the world. is bringing the world together <laughs> at a time of at a time of strife, at a time of of urge, just mm. people, you know, not being together. Pickleball is going to save the planet. It is. And that is what's going on over there. I guess we're just sticking in Northern California. This isn't like a weekly segment. Yeah, we should, when we things should, come up. We should you know? find a, uh, something that's not Northern California. Yeah. He is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We got some Devin Neal audio coming up the 5 o'clock hour. Florida Man Mad Libs after that. Well, it's time. I know we got the KU basketball game tomorrow right here on KLWN. KU football Saturday. But the real matchup right now. Florida Man Mad Libs, final week of the first segment, 13-week segment. And I have a 6-5 to five lead over Nick. There's one tie in between. <laughs> yeah, we're so bad we tied one week. <laughs> yeah. I also have a four-point advantage over Nick in terms of... So the tiebreaker is if the wins are tied. So Nick has to win today, and then yeah. if it goes to points. So I not only have would have to lose, but Nick would have to beat me by five or more. Listen, if go. Nick beats me by exactly four, though, we would be tied in wins. We would be tied in points. A little known, and then fact, I believe Sam has a tiebreaker. I do a indeed. Little, a little known fact about me, Derek, is that my middle name is Clutch. So just be ready. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like this confidence here, folks. Uh, again, the end of Florida Man Mad Libs is the beginning of a new basketball mm -hmm. season. So we will transition into the new year. But let's wrap it up with our final segment here today. Derek, you spelled it out just fine. Let's I've roll. Got the segment. Should we shake hands? Get into it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's Sight! do it. Oh! oh! Kind of saw that one coming. Oh, he pulled the KU. I know you couldn't Baker. see that on the radio, but I just made Nick look like an absolute uh, fool. Yeah. So there were no cameras, though. By the way, Sam Speck with us in studio. I don't even know. There if was I no cameras, that. though, so we're good. Yeah. It was. Uh, listen, I, I, I'll even say I feel the tension. I feel mm. the tension in the room here. Oh, so there's tension. <laughs> let's try and get to it. Do we have the comeback kid, or do we have the number one seed from all year? Basically, dominant Derek. Year. That's dominant what people Derek are saying. I don't know. That's not even true. I was. I was in the lead at one point for, for like, like the I'm first just, three I'm just weeks saying what people are saying. Just, you know. <laughs> what people are saying. All right. Round one, if you're new to the game, we only have one redacted word, and it's only worth one point. Then we'll get into the further rounds. But here we go. Final championship week of Florida Man Mad Libs. Let's do it. You boys ready? Oh, yeah. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Florida Man was wearing a mop on his head and terrifies neighbors after demanding for blank. <laughs> so... Ran out of scheme. We're starting off with a good one. Yeah. By the way, I, I'm just going to say this now. And, Nick, What's you that? don't have to pertain to this. If you just want to go first, you can. But I am going to, since I have the lead, I could screw you over and just copy your answers. I will try to go first for most okay, of Okay, yeah. You I go like first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like yeah, that. Go I first. think that's fair. Top of the inning. Bottom of the inning. Right. Yeah, you, yeah, you mm -hmm. can go first. Yeah. So we'll do that. So money, eggs, or clothes are the three. So a Florida man wearing a mop on his head terrifies neighbors after demanding for money, <laughs> eggs, or clothes. Okay, so I don't know why it would be clothes necessarily. Although could be homeless, I don't know. Ooh, know. what if the person is wearing the mop on their head? This is like a um, 
situation where they're playing dress up and the mop is like the hair and they're requesting like a dress or something from the other person. I think it's obviously close. I, 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 well, that's where I was going. <laughs> well, if you're going to pick clothes, I got to pick something else. It, yeah. It's been, we've heard weirder ones from there. So, so Derek, I'm money, eggs, or clothes. So, clothes. Derek's okay. going with clothes. I, I think it could be clothes too because. You know, like like you said, or or it could be a guy you where can pick like the same as me early. Why on. else would he wear a At mop on his head? Just have to pick. Why else would he wear a mop on his head other than he doesn't have any other garments to wear? Right, like right, you're not like, like pantyhose like, is the ex- ski mask. Ex- exactly, right? exactly. So he needs the mop because he doesn't have any other clothes. Now, why is it on his head and not you know covering his whatever? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna go with clothes too. So we're okay. going with clothes too. Both locking in and clothes, gentlemen. Here is the full unredacted. <laughs> Headline for round number one. Florida man wearing a mop on his head terrifies his neighbors after demanding for eggs. He <laughs> came <laughs> over and was quite literally demanding for a carton of eggs. So nobody. Do we get any clarification there. as to yeah. what the purpose of the mop on his head is? I listen. I uh, <laughs> I mean I, I, I could try I, and explain. No, a lot I, of these, I I don't. But. You know I I'm just I'm just asking a question. He's so like, round, you know what? I don't know if they're going to give me eggs, but let me put <laughs> let me my put lucky mop, mop on. on yeah. and then, my yeah. lucky mop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> round number one isn't the most detrimental, though. Again, only one point available, but okay. that could have been the, still the turning it. of the tides here. So let's get into round two. The next three questions, of course, will have two redacted words and worth three points in total. So here we go for the first of round number two. Florida man breaks into a Wendy's, cooks a blank, and then steals the blank. So we will start mm. with the first redacted word. Florida man <laughs> breaks into a Wendy's, cooks either a burger, some fries, or nuggets, then steals a blank. We'll get to the second redacted word momentarily, but either burger, fries, or nuggets, what did this man cook when he broke into a Wendy's? Okay, so we've actually seen a story like this before. Like I think this happened at like Five Guys. Somebody broke in, made themselves a burger, and then they just left. Well, there's also the story of the guy that walked in, announced that he was stealing the napkins, stole the napkins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> this guy, uh, what was What do you think cooking? this guy did? I mean, the burger is the most obvious, but a part of me wants, like, what did he steal as part of it? I'm wondering if he stole, like, the fryer. Okay. Or in some or like way. like the fry basket. I like right. that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it would have to either be, uh, it was what, burger, fries, and chicken nuggets? Uh, chicken granted? nuggets, fries, or a uh, burger, yeah. Exactly. I'm going to do Fry, but burger is just the obvious one. It just is. Again, I don't so again, Florida man burger. breaks into a Wendy's to cook either fries, a burger, or nuggets, and then steals the blank. I'm going with fries. Okay, so he cooks fries up to Derek and Nick for your first redacted word. Florida and man, part of okay, the headline so, too. If it was burger, they might write it as grill a burger, right? Okay, so. I, I like your logic, Derek, on you know something, but I do think burger is obvious mm-hmm. too. But I think I think a burger is obvious because this, there's a high chance that this guy was not sober in this action, right? And think about how difficult it would be for you to if you're not if you're not familiar with it to to fry fries or chicken. Maybe nuggets, he was a former right? employee. So that's why I think it's burger. I don't think it's burger because burgers obvious. I think it's burger because this guy broke in. He was probably under the influence of something. He didn't know what was going on. What's the easiest thing to, to, to cook at that point? The burger. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm going to go with the burger. Okay. All right, Nick locking in with burger here. Derek goes with fries. So a Florida man breaks into a Wendy's to either cook a burger, fries, or nuggets, then steals the meat itself, the safe, or the register. So of those three <laughs> options, after he cooks whatever, he steals either the meat, 
the safe or the register, which again, I mean, heck, a big chunk of meat, that'd be pretty valuable at some point. You get food or the safe, the register might have so you're, money So you're in saying it. like he steals, like, for instance, hypothetically, if it was like burger or nuggets, like he pours the nuggets or the burger or whatever and he cooks them. Yeah. And then he and takes then the like the bag, the bag, like the bag frozen, of whatever or whatever. Well, it's fresh, not frozen. It oh, yeah. Fresh, not frozen. My, my bad. My bad. My bad. I don't think it's a safe because that feels like a very, I, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those small safes where it is possible that, but I feel like it's it's really hard to take a whole safe with you. It's very heavy, tough to get out. I feel like it'd be the cash register. Cash register. Um, you could, whether it's locked and, and by the way, don't they like, this is very stupid of him probably because I'm pretty sure they clear out the cash register like every day. You so didn't I don't say know when, the, no, when, the, when the, no, it doesn't, it I know. I'm just saying that like side note, not <laughs> smart of him. Um, really that, that's where you determine that the yeah, guy's right. not smart. Like that's the moment he's where you're skating, like, is what he's wow, doing. <laughs> I'm going to go cash register. Okay. Derek okay. walking in on register, register the meat or the safe. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go big here. I'm gonna go for the meat. <laughs> he makes the hamburger. He eats a hamburger. He's like, wow, I just made a really good hamburger. Mm. It was delicious. I'm gonna take this meat with me and make some more hamburgers when I get home. Because this was so good. So tasty. So, so tasty, fresh, never frozen. I'm taking it with me. Unredacted word uh, words rather from the first round of our second stage here. Florida man breaks into a Wendy's to cook. A burger, so Nick mm. with the one point there, and then steals the safe. So oh, wow. uh, it was something small, portable one. Yeah, something Man, like that's that. That's so tough work. because there's like there's Probably no a challenge for there's him. no correlation between no. cooking a something and stealing the safe. Yeah, you know like I mean? you had mentioned at the beginning, he was probably no, I know he probably wasn't fully there a little bit. No, so. you're right. Okay, Nick does come away with one I got point. A point so though. For these right. final two rounds, so to be clear, I am you are now down three points. Down on me three. To force a tiebreaker four to get the yes. the overall win. And down three. You want to you want to hear something even better for this final week? I'm mm-hmm. not going to give you guys the answers for the next two rounds. I'm just going to announce the winner after we get done going through these. So we're going to oh. keep up. The anticipation mm. here, gentlemen. I'll yes, know in indeed. my head. So you're down by three. <laughs> I'm Nick. sure you will. No, I'm not even going to give you the right <coughs> answers of these redacted. I'm just going to okay. take your answers oh. and then our list. Wait, how many questions do, do we have left? We have two left. Okay, we have two, we have two headlines left. We have so two headlines. Take both left. the headlines. Nick still has and then he's going to give the potential. Us okay, but the you also yeah, have the smart. potential to maybe go okay. away with this. So we'll yeah. keep. So everybody, yeah, everybody stays in anticipation. Two redacted words: A Florida man is injured in blank explosion. After lighting his blank on fire. <laughs> so, yes. Final. I saved the best ones for last. So, we'll start with the first redacted word. Florida man is injured in either a barbecue explosion, a kitchen explosion, or a meth lab explosion after lighting his wait, blank on fire. Did you say meth lab? Meth yeah. lab. M-E-T-H lab. So, okay, okay. wait. So, it's barbecue? Barbecue. Like kitchen. a propane tank yeah. or yep, whatever. Barbecue uh, grill. Kitchen, barbecue. kitchen, or meth lab. Or a meth lab explosion after lighting his blanks on fire. I'm going meth lab. I mean, this okay. is Florida man mad libs. We got to go as, <laughs> as as into this as possible. And also, like, if we're talking about things that explode. Meth labs explode. Meth labs explode. Gri- like, all of A those will do explode. explode. Yes. yes. But more often than not, the meth lab's going to explode before the grill is, right? There's you a lot more think. things that have to go wrong with it. The, now, the, the kitchen is a very viable option. The kitchen's not a bad option. All sorts of things happen in the kitchen. But I feel like kitchen's more light on fire than they explode. Well, I mean, I guess you know, maybe that's just a uh, you know depend. dealer's choice on on who yeah. wrote the headline. It could depend, but I'm yeah. gonna go with meth lab. So locking in with meth lab for Derek. All right, Nick. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go with the barbecue because it's Florida man. Ooh. So he's outside. He's on, on the patio, 
grilling, you know. And what do you think happened? Like the propane I think he, tank exploded? Or, or I think maybe he was grilling something and, and some grease from like his burgers or something caught on fire somehow and blew something up. <laughs> we're gonna what? get we're gonna cross over when we get there. Don't be so mad if you're right on that one. Going with the uh. barbecue for Nick. Uh, <laughs> Derek going with meth lab. So Florida man injured in whether it was a barbecue kitchen or meth lab explosion after lighting his either his jacket on fire, his cat on fire, or his farts on fire. <laughs> So his cat could have been by the grill or his cat could have been by the meth lab or uh, by the kitchen or whatever it was. Or maybe he, he dipped his jacket in by the propane burner or something like that. Or Okay. Or maybe he just actually was sitting around with a lighter and farting right. into the gas. <laughs> I don't know. So we'll Yeah, see, see now I, I wonder if the, the barbecue grill, like what if he accidentally left the propane on and then he was doing this and he was farting with the lighter and then it got and blew up the grill. So that's a possibility. Well, no, I there. think it's very obvious that you should go with fart. I am going with fart. Okay, to be because clear. like think about it. What like wh- that's just classic. Like a guy who is in a meth lab, he's gonna try to light his farts on fire. <laughs> he's in a meth lab. <laughs> right. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> Where are the two other options just out of curiosity again? Cat and, cat and uh, jacket. Cat and his his own jacket. Like uh, the jacket uh, engulfed in flames and then obviously mm-hmm. the gas in the area or whatever created the explosion. So it, there's a, Okay, so you're going with fart. I feel like I shouldn't. I mean, you're not going to go with know. fart? Kind of sketchy. I mean, who knows? I'm not picking fart. You're not picking farts. So no. Nick Nick seems to be locked in, but Derek, what are you going with? I want to go jacket. Okay. okay, so Derek's actually going to lock in with jacket here. And again, I'm not going to give you guys the answers until we yep. get done with the next yep. one here. Okay. But Nick, what are you locking I, in? I'm going to go I'm going to go with cat. I think the cat is like, you know, he's got an outdoor cat, he's grilling. The cat somehow catches on fire. Now you, the cat is running around, right? And maybe in the in the process of trying to catch the cat, the guy somehow causes an explosion by like knocking over his propane or something in which he's trying to get the cat. You see what I'm saying? Like the cat's running around. Like if your cat catches on fire, that thing is gonna run around right. like crazy, right. and it's Scooting on fire. Around, uh-huh. yeah. I like but that. What, what exploded though is my question. Was it if the, you have the cat? Or I don't the know. Barbecue it was the, or the it meth was the, lab. Yeah, the grill. The yes. grill exploded. Maybe the cat okay. got down into the meth lab. I don't know. Who knows? Okay, so we'll get to the final one here, and then again, I will give you both redacted words from both of these here. But again, okay, so we're in the we're in the dark on that one. That's right. Okay, we're gonna keep the anticipation. So the final one of season one. Stretch one, here it is. Florida man blanks his ex's car, then is arrested for public indecent exposure for having sex with the same girl on blank. That's a long headline. <laughs> this is a big one. <laughs> what? So, um, yes, a Florida man blanks his ex's car. Jeez. We'll start with that. He steals. But then he... He torches or oh. he totals his ah. ex's car. I would have gone with keys. Then arrested for public indecent exposure. Okay, we'll so have the second redaction. Say that again. Moment. So he totals, he steals, or he what? Torches. Torches. So in flames, his ex's car. Then arrested for indecent exposure for having sex with the same girl on blank. So we'll get to the second redacted word in a moment. But uh, obviously, this is quite the uh, weird relationship. Yeah, this, is tough, this is a tough one. So steals, tortures, or totals for the first one. I'm going with torches, I think. Okay. That, That's a bit extreme. It is. It's very extreme. It's like, like maybe the most this girl is like into some of. weird fire stuff or something. Um, maybe the car is already messed up in some way. Okay. Um, I don't know. That's just that. 
I, I can't. It is so outlandish that it could be the right one. Right. So I guess I'll go torches. I don't okay. feel great about it. The stealing one, it's like that. That'd be very weird if they got back together and then you know <laughs> messed around after he stole her car and then he like brought her the car and she was like, you know what? I'm right. Um, yeah. Hey, I stole your car, but also I. By for, the way, uh, forgive me. <laughs> right. Like, She's like, okay. Um, <laughs> and then the, I don't even. The total part, like. Actually, you know what? It might be totaling now that I think about it because uh, reread the whole headline for me. Florida man blanks his ex's car, then arrested for public indecent exposure for having sex with the same girl on blank. Okay, so it never said that his his ex-girl, like, what if they were breaking up in the car, right? Oh. And what if he totaled the car as they were driving and they broke up? And they're waiting there for the... Um, tow truck to come by or the cops to come by or whatever. Okay. And they're like, well, this <laughs> might as well, you know. Kill some time. Yeah, kill <laughs> some time. I'm, I don't want to say you're reaching, but boy, I'll tell you what, I love the way that you went have gone with these headlines. These and then the cop weeks. shows up and they're like, oh, totaled car. And oh, what's going on so in there? So you're changing from What's going on over there? Total. Yeah, I, I th- I'm going to change from so torches. changes that's from a, torches that's to total. That's a disaster. Total. Because <laughs> I was going to go with total. <laughs> But now I don't think I should. Now you got to hedge your bets. Go with torching. I'm going to go with torch. Yeah. All right, Nick going with torches then. So Florida man either steals torches or totals his ex's car, then is arrested for indecent exposure for having sex with the same girl on either an ambulance, the bar top, which they were at, or the beach of those three. So oh, an ambulance, I know which I want. I'm the bar with. top, or yeah. the beach. Derek, where um, are you going with this one? I think it's got to be the ambulance. Because you picked totaled. Oh, yeah. Well, First responders, what, right? I don't know what the bar top well, is. Well, how do you get on? like a okay. restaurant? Yeah, how does yeah, that yeah, happen? The bar, yeah, you know, like the bar, you know, or like the bar, the bar at a bar. Okay. Oh, just I mean? like, like a generic bar top. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My question with the ambulance, though, is like, how do you get on top of the ambulance? And especially well, if they're first responders. The ambulance? That's what you said. Say yeah. It just says on. Top. Oh, it on just the says ambulance. On. on. But the ambulances are, ambulances are big, big I feel vehicles. like it'd be in the ambulance. So maybe I don't want to take ambulance. Um, On a bar, top, bar top or, or the beach? Is it in the beach or on the beach? On the beach. Yeah. Well, um, or on the ambulance. You can, you can figure out right, a way to do it on the ambulance. Can I, can I give my answer? Yeah, go All for right, it. Go right, for it. Right, I'll pick something different. I am going to go with the beach, and here's why. Nick locking in with the beach. They drive the car to the beach, okay? <laughs> but it's nighttime, and they have no way of seeing what's going on. So they light the car on fire so that they have lights by which then they can, you know, yeah. get busy. I so see. I actually I, I actually am going to take the beach as well. Um, we don't know what the score is, so this might not impact at me taking That's the true, same. But one. I'm going beach. Um, but here's why I'm going to take the beach, because I actually have I've come to realize the torching would go in line with this. They could have been having a bonfire on the beach. Total. I know, I know, I know. But I, I okay. But you think it's beach? Yes. So I'm, you're just I'm, trying to hedge with one point. I've based on once these have come out, it makes sense that it would okay. be torching. It was a bonfire on the beach. They accidentally lit the car on fire while they, they were, were on the beach. While they were, and then again they were like, "Oh, we should wait for somebody to come by and exterminate it." Let's you know. Yeah. Well, what are the answers? The fall session of season number one comes to a close. So I was down by three that, points. You were down. You were actually down by four, but you did gain the oh, one yeah, okay, yeah. after it. So you were down. Uh, yeah. So you did have an opportunity to come into it, but again, as we couldn't for the first time, for the first time, in fact, as we make our way now again to the fall session of the first season of 
Florida man, Mad Libs, by two, by two points. It goes to Mr. Derek Johnson. Oh. He has been running with it all year well long. Well 42 to 40 you, was the we final have a, we have score a of the year. We have a certificate oh of achievement. Look at that. Look at that. The most degenerate I, oh headline gosh. answers. I'm the luckiest man in it's the world. Go up, it's going to go up in his office. And we're going to have ones for each of the upcoming mm. seasons. Nick actually put up a good fight. You got all three on the last one, by the way. So here's the okay, full so unredacted. Torts on okay. the beach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Florida man injured in a meth lab explosion after lighting his farts on fire. So that was number three. Oh, okay. So you got all three on that one. No, I, I, you I, you only I switched. Got one. I was going to do yeah. farts, but I, I worried out. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So he and got that one. Was the, yeah. That was pretty much the points difference, right? So one he, of the so points So he got one and I got zero. Yeah. And then okay. Florida man torches his ex's car, then arrested for indecent exposure after having sex with the same girl on the beach. So the beach is what saved Derek. Well, even if I the didn't do the beach, I would have gotten by one. Uh, the beach and meth lab is what saved yeah. him today. So the meth lab. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good old man. Could have just gone with meth lab. There you go. All uh, right. Well, we're going to take a good uh, about a month, maybe month and a half break, and then we'll come back for season two, our winter session of Florida Man Lab. I'm going to I'm I'm get in the weight room in the off season. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. We got to. I just like to. I like to thank my parents, my friends, my family. I like to thank the haters, Scott Chasen, for doubting me every week. Yes, yeah, Scott Chasen. By the way, yeah. This guy's like, oh, I could get 95. percent I could do it. No, you it's could harder Scott. than you think. No, folks. you could not, Scott. I make it harder than what you think. Thank you for including me in your fun, guys. We will see you in a couple of weeks, but for now, just enjoy KU basketball and what all the uh, late fall and winter athletics have to offer here on RCST. Thank you, Derek and Nick, so much. I'll see you next time. That's Sam Speck with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. I am the champ. This is Rock Shop Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on